Father, we thank you for this time together. And Lord, we just pray that the word of the Lord would be released of what you have for us, Father. Lord, let it come with power. Let it come with your anointing, not just an anointing upon, but an anointing from within. Lord, we declare ears to hear, eyes to see. We thank you for signs and wonders and miracles and deliverances, Father. We give you this time. Holy Spirit, lead us where you want to take us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Frank and Laura Lee are away. They're enjoying some quiet time, some resting time. Um, they are there and they're away with their family. So we want to bless them. They send their love as always. We know that that's how it goes. They're sending their love and I'm sure they're watching online. So we just want to tell them how much we love them and, and we'll see them when they're back next week. Amen. Amen. So meanwhile, we have been discussing and Pastor Frank's been teaching on the threshold. So I'm going to jump from that in the way that the Holy Spirit will show me to talk about the threshold. Isn't it wonderful that we, we are have, all have diverse gifts and we can come from different angles and still reach the same spot? Amen? That's what's called unity. So what is the definition of a threshold? A place or a point of entering or a place of beginning. We have, to cross, we have to cross thresholds to enter into doors. You had to cross a threshold to enter into this house, into buildings. Every doorway that we enter through has a threshold. Therefore, it's an entrance point. It's a dividing line between two places. We could either be outside looking over and into the other side or stepping over the threshold and moving into another place. We're only going, if this is the threshold, we're only gonna see so far if this is what we're doing. If we do this, we're gonna see a little clearer. And when we step over the threshold, which there's been many thresholds and we're gonna review some of them, as we, as we step over them, sometimes it do, it's not real clear of what the other side looks like. And sometimes it's hazy, and we don't exactly know where we're going. We just know that we stepped over, and there's something coming, but what are we walking into? The the, every step we take brings us closer to the revelation of what we're walking into. Sometimes we step over thresholds, and we know exactly where we're going and what we're doing, and sometimes we don't. We just have to accept the fact that it's by faith and revelation and impartation that God has called us to step over. How many have taken that step and stepped over? How many are hesitating? If you're hesitating, it's time to not hesitate, and it's time to step over into what God has. Each of us are different, okay? So each of us have different anointings, different callings, that's the benefit, and that's, and that's the blessing of the body of Christ, okay? Because we're all diverse, and the Bible tells us that in the book of Corinthians. I want to read a scripture. It's Ezekiel 10, verse 1 to 4. And I looked, and I saw above the expanse, above the heads of the cherubim, the likeness of a throne of sapphire. And the Lord said to the man clothed in linen... Mark that. Go inside the wheelwork beneath the cherubim. Fill your hands with burning coals from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And as I watched, he went in. Now when the man went in, the cherubim were standing to the south side of the temple. And a cloud filled the inner court. The glory of the Lord mounted up from the cherub, and it stood over the threshold of the house. 
And the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. You see, when we have thresholds to cross, the Lord is over the threshold. And his power, his anointing, and his presence is there to call us into that place. It's just like when Israel went and the Red Sea parted. The glory of the Lord was there. He parted the Red Sea. And then he was a cloud by day and fire by night. And so he went ahead, he hovered over, and he prepared. He made a way. His presence was there. That was a threshold. That was a threshold of taking the, the Israelites and what? Delivering them. There's deliverance in the house today. There's deliverance at this altar today. There's deliverance from the hand of God today. So he delivered them. That was a threshold. Then again, we're going to see that in the book of Joshua, when it was time for Joshua and the Israelites to finally cross over, to finally go, the Bible tells us that the Lord stopped and set the Jordan River in a heap. And as he set it in a heap, Israel passed over. You see, the law was given to Moses. But you had Joshua, who was a, materi a militaristic prophet. He, he was military. He knew how to fight the battles. He was trained in the word of God, but he knew how to take the people into a place where when there was going to be war, he was a warrior spirit. And so they had not known how to fight that. That was another threshold that they had to cross over. God has thresholds throughout the word and throughout history that he has called us to step over. And he is no different today than he was yesterday. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is a, a release of a prophetic understanding on a level where we're going to be able to relate and take this to our lives and then apply it to our lives in every different scenario because we're all different. We all need something. How many know I don't know everything you need, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we need? And he's going to meet that need. So, I realize that in this scripture, you know, when it's talking about the glory, some of the teachers in the house might say, well, the glory departed. But we're not going to settle on that. We are going to suspend that in the spirit, and we're going to discuss his presence at the threshold. We sang about his presence. Where can we go from his presence? How much is our desire for his presence? How much is our desire for his presence over desire for food, for life, for, for finances, for working the world system? If we work his system, if we are submitted to the system of the kingdom, we're not going to worry about the systems of the world. We have to submit ourselves to the kingdom principles. And those kingdom principles will never fail. The Lord will manifest his presence among his people, as he always does. And, and beloved, when we talked about, when I shared with you about that quietness and that quiet time, there has to be a time for each and every one in the body of Christ, each and every one who is called by his name, to take and separate yourselves to that time. We work. We do things. We're constantly on the go. But you know what? You can have 10 minutes in the presence of God that will be sufficing for a day of ongoing prayer. People think that they have to 
take themselves and put themselves in a room or separate themselves for hours and just pray and pray. And, and I want to tell you there are some that do that. But I want to tell you that we are, the Bible says, don't cease praying. We pray in our spirit all day long. When somebody comes to our mind, we pray. When something drops in our spirit, we pray. You know, even the utterances out of our spirit, out of our innermost being, is a prayer. Why? Because he reads our heart, and he knows our heart. And so he takes us in those directions. It's a time for us to situate ourselves in the things of God. To understand that this world is crossing a threshold, and I'll, I'll not go there because that's, that's Apostle Frank's teaching, but, but I will go where the Holy Spirit says to go. And that's in our daily lives and in our communities and in, our, in what we deal with on a regular basis, our families that are lost and, and the things that need to be settled. In, in that realm of the Spirit, we need to grow up. And we need to press in to see God move on their behalf. The Lord will manifest. Present day is no exception. So we're at a threshold. And the Lord's presence and glory is what? Over the threshold. That should make us rejoice that his presence and his glory is over the threshold. Picture this. Picture Israel, either the Red Sea or Jordan, and they were crossing over. And to know that they were covered and protected as they walked through waters. I don't know about you, but being under, walking through the Red Sea, would you not be like, hello? Lord, just keep it up there. I mean, that's an act of faith. How about the Jordan River? You could get just, it said during harvest time, you could just get moved down river and never be found again. But his presence was over that threshold. There's nothing that's impossible with him. What do we see in scripture? We see that his presence is waiting for us, church, in a new way. As we cross over the threshold, he's there. He's leading, he's guiding, he's anointing, he's cleansing, he's fulfilling his promise to us individually and corporately. When I was studying for this over the last couple days, one of the things that the Lord imparted to me, which I knew but I probably forgot because he had to remind me, you know, we talk about they're anointed, they're so anointed. You know, they, did you see the anointing? That anointing is that covering that comes over us. But, beloved, there's an anointing from inside. That it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When he moves through a broken vessel. When he moves through moms and dads. When he moves in prayer and intercession. It's his words. It's not ours. It's his power. It's not ours. It's a different anointing. That's why today I said pray in the spirit. Let it be quickened so that that anointing, not just this anointing, but that anointing goes forth. That's the anointing that breaks down walls. That's the anointing that tears up uh, um, mountains. That's the anointing that does it. You have an anointing within you from the Holy One. Do you realize that? An anointing. Say, I have an anointing. Inside, in my spirit, from the Holy One. So I want to go to this. The man clothed in linen. Remember I said, let's mark that? Linen. So this man who was clothed in linen, he was told to take the coals and spread the coals. Linen was a symbol of purity in biblical times. And it's recorded in the prophets that angelic beings appeared wearing fine linen garments. There are scriptures for that. Revelation chapter 15 and 19 also records that the saints slain as martyrs 
are clothed in fine linen before the Lord. Words such as pure and clean denote the symbolism of righteousness as well as holiness, and that was attached to wearing linen. Now the man was charged to scatter burning coals over the city. What is that speaking of? That's speaking of a cleansing and a repentance. It's speaking of a fire. Interesting, I received this revelation while I was preparing. Burning coals continue to slowly burn until they eventually die out. The Lord gives every opportunity for repentance. He's slow to anger, he's merciful, he's, he's full of mercy, but eventually, if no change, then judgment comes. Because the coals die out. God is wanting us to make changes within the body of Christ. And he's wanting us and our prayers to impact and change what is happening in society, in the, in, the, in the ways of the world. Yes, we can pray for our cities. We can pray for... It's up to every individual person to repent. I can't repent for everybody. Neither can you. But we can have a spirit of repentance. And we can repent and ask God to forgive. Spiritually... Those standing before and serving the living God are to be clothed in linen, spiritually. Now, of course, we're not going to all walk in the church and have some linen garments on, okay? So we're, we're, not, we're not cultish, all right? But in the spirit. Now, we aren't gonna, we're not making it religious, but for us as believers, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We've been made holy. We've been cleansed. This is, this is what the Lord has done for us. But we have to continue to daily walk as that, in that cleansing. It's still our responsibility. It's our responsibility to walk in purity, and it's our responsibility to walk in holiness. Before I was even asked to minister a couple, probably about a month and a half, a month and a half ago, I had a dream. And I had a dream that I was... Uh, that there was a bride that was entering in, and I didn't realize that it's probably a part of what God was depositing inside of me for today. And there was the threshold, and the bride was going over the threshold, but there was a big mark on her gown. And I looked at that. The Lord didn't really give me any interpretation. It didn't require a whole lot. But when I saw that, I thought she, she's, she's going to have a hard time going over that threshold like that. And the Bible says, and Apostle Frank has said many times, you know, judgment begins in the house of God. And the Lord wants, is looking for our hearts today. He's looking for our hearts. When Joshua the high priest stood before the Lord with filthy garments and Satan accused him, what did the Lord do? The Lord changed his clothes. That's what he's done for us. Peter tells us we're a holy nation. We're a royal priesthood. We're called out. We're separated. We're sanctified. Sanctification is a process. So we need to process and be processed through the fire of his presence. There is a fire. God is a God of fire. We need to be processed through his presence, through that fiery presence, and allow him to burn out of our lives those things that need to be taken away. Those things, beloved, that we can't free ourselves from. How many, without hands raised, we know there are some things we can't get free from ourselves. It takes him to free us. It takes the fire of the Holy Spirit to do what he needs to do in our lives. We're still talking about a threshold. Revelation. I love this part of Revelation. I don't study Revelation, and I certainly don't teach on it. 
The revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must take place. And he sent and he signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Father, right now, I just open the eyes and declare that there will be open eyes for the seers in the house. In Jesus' name. Lord, that there will be a fire and a power for the intercessors of the house in the name of Jesus. And the Father, you will stir it as never before for seeing, hearing, and interceding in Jesus' name. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which is written, for the time is near. Then John writes to the seven churches, and he says that, uh, he said that Jesus, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him he loved us and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he made us, what, kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. Behold, he's coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. I want to connect this. And why am I connecting it? Because we're at a threshold. With revelation, let's receive this. At the tomb, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did John and Peter see when they entered? Well, in Jewish custom, when the master was eating at the table, and I hope I get this right because the Lord just brought this revelation to me just yesterday afternoon, and it was powerful to me, and I pray the Holy Spirit will cause it to be powerful to you. When a servant is waiting upon their master and their master is eating at the table, the servant stands behind and he watches what is going on. And he waits. Now the servant doesn't dare touch the table until the master was finished. Now if the master was finished eating, he would rise from the table he would wipe his fingers and his mouth and clean his beard. And he would wad up the napkin and he would toss it onto the table. The servant would then know to clear the table. For in those days, the wadded napkin meant it is finished. I'm finished. I'm done eating. But if the master got up from the table and he folded his napkin, and he laid it beside his plate. The servant would not dare touch the table because the folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. When Jesus folded the napkin off of his face, he was giving a prophetic sign to those who entered to see, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm coming back. He folded it. And the scripture says it was folded and laid there. Anyone who knew Jewish law knew that prophetically that meant something. It wasn't just that he burst out. He did in the power of God. But he took the time to leave a word. And the word was, I'm coming back. I'll be back. That is powerful. It's in the book of Revelation. No man knows the day or the hour, only the Father. But what is ours to do? Ours is to be prepared. 
and to be those who are preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. Do you see how when Jesus resurrected, yes, he came back and he visited, but that was another threshold. It is finished. It was finished. And then he left still the sign, but I'm coming back. He left it for us so that we know that there is still work to be, to be done, and it's kingdom work. He called us to be a part of his kingdom, to do kingdom work. We are to fulfill what the Lord and his plan and destiny for our lives is as we walk in faith, as we obey, as we fulfill the assignment that God has given us to do. Each one has a different call and a different purpose. But we all are working in the plan of God because before the foundation of the world, he set his plan in place for each one of us. He called us, he set us apart, and, he's, and he wants us to be part of preparing the way of that next threshold for the coming of the Lord. He created us individually. He assigned us, what, heavenly tasks. Because do you really think that, you know, I mean, once, you know, when the Lord calls us home, when he does, we're still going to be working in the kingdom. We're being prepared now for a kingdom that has no end. We're being prepared now for an everlasting kingdom. Oh my, think about it. We can't think about it in earthly terra firma ways. We can't think about it in these bodies that age and that get sick and that battle things in these minds. We can't think about it like that. We are the we are the king's kids being prepared for a kingdom that is everlasting. With power, with giftings. But right now, he has set before us his plan and purpose that we're to fulfill in the earth. Another threshold. What does a bridegroom do? He carries his bride over the threshold. Some of you might say, oh, I didn't do that. But it's okay. I'm just talking here. All right? We're just making a point about thresholds. What does it signify to you? I'll tell you what it signified to me. Her preparation is in advance and her dress is spotless. Anybody who knows a bride planning a wedding, it's all out. Her heart, her soul, her mind, her strength are surrendered to the bridegroom. Not just in word, but in life. Cleansed, walking in the spirit, and not stinking of flesh. The Lord is taking us over that threshold. His bride. He's taking us to that place. And you know what? It's a new place in him. How many say, I, I, I want the expansion. I want to see like I never saw before. I want to have a hunger for the things of God like I've never had before. Or maybe I want to regain my hunger. I need the fire back. I need the presence of God back and more real in my life. That threshold is where the Spirit of the Lord is taking the church because he's going to wrap us in his arms and he's going to come back as we prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. This flesh dies, but the Spirit gives life. That life is eternal and everlasting. And the scripture tells us that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We could try, but we're not going to please God. It's not condemnation, it's a reminder for all of us that, the, that as we cross over different thresholds, another one, there's accountability and there's responsibility and there's choice. The Lord is doing something new to us, with us and in us. All the patterns and ways 
are, are not, the old ways are not going to work in this hour. They're not. We have to be willing to lay things down, cleanse our hearts before him, and allow surrender to do a new work in us. We have to go to a new place. We have to decide not to stay in the same mindsets or walk in the same ways. <clears throat> if we do, two things will happen. We either won't cross the threshold or we'll either just remain the same and just slowly, slowly not hear from the Lord, slowly not allow God to envelop our lives. We'll just give up and sustain. That's not an overcomer. An overcomer doesn't sustain. An overcomer overcomes. They move forward to overcome. We don't want to miss what God has for us. We've crossed the threshold. It's a new place. It looks different. I remember sharing with Apostle Frank probably a year ago, maybe a little over a year, and we were close, church was over, and we were going to uh, our vehicles, and he was standing by his truck, and I remember that the Lord had been speaking to me for some weeks, and I shared with him that the Lord spoke to me and said, in a year, there's going to be a transformation that's taking place at Touch Heaven. Not a shift, a transformation. And because a shift is a level change, but a transformation is a complete change. You're looking, and what it used to look like, it doesn't look like anymore. How many can say that about our lives? Amen? What it, and, and the house. So there's a threshold now, and it's new. There's no place for the old. And the Lord is calling us to be aligned up, transformed, Things are happening and new ministry is taking place. Before I go into the book of Joshua, just to talk about something else, I want to acknowledge some things. I want to acknowledge that uh, right now in the house, think about what's going on in the house. Now this is within the last year, right Pastor Ralph? At least within the last year. I thank the Lord that he confirmed what he placed in my spirit. Pastor Cheryl has Breakout Wednesday services. The children ministry, Dave and Carrie Conaway, and they're dealing with the youth, and Pastor Leanne is helping with the youth and others. The Bible studies that are taking place, men's and women's Bible study with, with Pastor Ralph and Kim. There's prophetic night worship once, once a month. Think about this. There was not a, there's a big movement that is happening and it's stirring the waters and those waters are stirring. It's time to get in the waters as they stir. There is men's and women's meetings that are taking place with Pastor Laura Lee and Pastor Jim Mariotti. There's evangelism outreach with Evangelist Brandon and Vanessa and we cover them. There's fellowship pizza Sundays. Blessed by the Lord and Apostle Frank's heart for bonding and for fellowship. There are things that are going on with New Creation Woman up in the um, studio where, where that is going out. Those programs are going out. There's a lot of things that are going on in the house and out of the house. There are things that are taking place in people's homes that are coming out of this ministry. There's expansion in Kenya. There's expansion for Burundi. There's expansion with India. There's expansion in Nicaragua. There are classes that are being done on with, a, with um, teaching that is going to be in a university. There are things that are happening in the house that were not happening a year ago. Can we thank the Lord for what he is doing in the house? And how he is raising people up. And how there's ministry that is taking place. God is doing it. What is he doing? He's giving us another threshold to cross into. And I love this because here we cross in this threshold. We're not crossing alone. We're crossing with a group of people that have, have obeyed the word of the Lord. And that are moving together. What? As an army. Moving together in unity. Moving together to see the kingdom. Moving together in the kingdom. 
in unity, in power, in anointing. We have prayer that's taking place in the chapel. And you know, I, we're not one to to count numbers, but we had 25 in the chapel today praying for this service. 25 praying for this service. There's power in prayer. And it's not just that prayer. It is a prophetic prayer. We're praying. We're being challenged to do and to say what God wants you to do and say in three minutes. Why? Because it's a challenge in our spirit to hit the mark without a whole lot of words and just go right after what the Spirit of God says. That is a growth in itself. We're all one in Christ, and we must walk in unity, love, and preference. It grieves the heart of the Father. We have to be mindful of this and opens the gates of the enemy when we, we, his children, move from walking in the spirit to moving in the flesh. We have to repent and surrender and allow the Lord to cleanse our, and heal us. It's heart issues. God gave me this and I'm going to release it. Those pet sins that we allow in our lives. They rob us of power, and they bring pain, condemnation, and shame. He called them the repeaters. We do over and over again. But I want you to know today that when we move forward, we are going to have prayer at this altar. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to visit us and to bring deliverance and healing. There is deliverance in this house today. There's deliverance here. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's healing for hearts. There's healing and breakthrough. Sometime, you know what? We get bound and we don't even know why we're bound because it has nothing to do with what our choices are. We're battling against it, but sometimes it's generational and it has to be broken. Well, the breaker is in the house today. How many believe the breaker is in the house today? Galatians 5:18 to 15 it talks about the things that are of the flesh and you can read that on your own because I'm not going to go into them. I am just going to say that we have to walk in a preference for one another. And our giftings are different. And we need to support one another in love. And we need to support one another preferring others over ourselves. And we need to trust the Lord. It's not, it's not a church of competition. And it's not of jealousy and envy because those are works of the flesh. And we're not going to receive those in this house. And don't receive it in your spirit. And set up a guard and a hedge against it. And close the door for anything that tries to come in to make you feel that you have to be that way. Let it go in the name of Jesus. Let it go. I'm going to expound just shortly out of the book of Joshua. I'm going to go to the top of the trees for us. I was studying Joshua 1, Joshua 3, and 4. And when we talked about it earlier and we said that he put the Jordan River on a heap, what went before? The priests went into the altar. They crossed the threshold of the bank of the river. Do you see how important a threshold is? How important? How important in Scripture? And how important in our lives and how important for right now where we are individually and corporately. Because I know there are probably some in here that are saying, I don't know what it is I need to do, but I know that I'm going to be crossing over into something. Someone that's hungering and thirsting to be used of the Lord and the prophetic again. Someone who's saying, I don't know, I kind of lost my way. Someone who's, who's, who wants what God wants for them. I mean, it's all thresholds. 
And God is doing it and wanting to do it in this house. So in Joshua here, the priests, they set their feet. And then they went in the middle. And as they stood there, the waters continued to part. And I think it was something like 400,000 people crossed the Jordan River. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure I think that's what I read when I was studying. So they crossed hundreds of thousands. And all the while it stood on the heap. And then the Lord gives instruction and he says, take some stones. Because these are called memorial stones. Why? Because I want you to remember when you cross that threshold that not only did you cross the threshold and I protected you and I led you and I took you, but we're going to set up some markers because you're going to remember where you came from is not who you are, but where you're going is who I am. Where you are is who I am. So he said, take it. Why? So that everybody's going to know the miracle I did, and they're going to fear me, reverence me. So the children of Israel took 12 stones. After all the people passed by, the Lord told Joshua, set up in the middle of the Jordan River those 12 memorial stones. Why? So that we remember. They're there, the Bible says, to this day. So they set it up. When the, when the priest went over the threshold on the other side. Say the other side. side. Come on, who's going to the other side? All right. So as the priest stepped over the threshold to the other side, the waters closed up. And then Joshua, what a book to read. I'm telling you, spend some time. Spend some time in Joshua. So what happened was, They, Joshua, the Lord said, okay, so now I got some people that have come out from where they were, and I'm taking them into a new place. But there's something else that has to take place before they can go and take Jericho. And that was called circumcision. They had to be circumcised. I'm going to relate that to our hearts and to what God wants to do in us. There's a circumcision that he's doing. Certain ways I know personally that I thought and that I fought with my daughter after nine years of really addiction. After saying, I don't care, I don't want, okay, I'm the only one. Fighting and making remarks and, and struggling and battling and after all that, the Lord had me begin to mend that relationship. How did I mend it? Because he had to break my heart first. He had to break my will of thinking that, yeah, maybe I was right, but Lord, you saved even somebody like me who came out of drugs and alcohol and abuse, and, and you have mercy, and you had compassion on me, and, and your heart broke for me. So your heart's breaking for her. And my heart is in unit with, union with your heart, so my heart has to break for her too. And the only way that we can do that is by being in his presence and allowing him to mold and to make our heart like the father's heart. What? The father was out there looking, where's my son? Where's my son? We always talk about the prodigal, but how many have walked through the prodigal? How many have walked through the prodigal? How many have stood and prayed and interceded for the prodigal? How many have said, God, I don't know. I don't see it. Is this ever going to end? Well, what did the father do? The Bible tells us every day he went out looking. And when the prodigal came back, what did he do? He clothed him again. 
maybe not linen, but with garments and put shoes on his feet and allowed him to be cleaned up and gave him a place at the table. Why am I saying that? Because sometimes in our, in our walks, beloved, I don't know how it is with you, but I'm pretty sure I'm talking to some people as well as myself. We can spiritualize it and make it all churchy, but when it comes down to it, we have to deal with those inner things that really bother us, hurt us, take us down, make us angry, cause us to hold offenses. Offenses. I'm offended. You know, when I begin to feel like I'm getting a little antsy about something or offended, maybe, there seems to be, I close that door and I say, Lord, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not walking in an offense. I'm not. I'm closing that door. Because an offense, take part of it, is offense that stops a relationship. When we have an offense, we can't look at that person. We can't talk to that person. We can't have a good communication. We cut them off. We're offended. We're offended. And offenses are heart issues. And so God wants to cleanse that out of our hearts as well. He wants to do an entire work in our lives. So when I'm talking about circumcision, that's what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit wants to circumcise our hearts. He wants to make them pliable in his presence. And you know what? I've always been the type, if you hurt my kids, oh boy. Okay. I don't even know if it's a bear or a lion, but I think it's I get transformed into a mutant or something. You know, don't touch my kids, okay? Or my grandkids, hello. Well, I know that the Lord is the same way. So how do you think it does his heart when we have two that go against each other? He got to choose? He's going to choose the right way. Unity and love and favor and relationship, not offenses. So we're going to close up this, and I, I'm going to finish up with a little bit. How many know the Lord's in the house? How many know the Holy Spirit is doing a work and he's talking to us? There are times when you get in the pulpit and you definitely know what you're saying is definitely from the Lord. There are times you get, I get in the pulpit in, in, in fear because the hot coals touching my mouth are those that are coming out that are going to touch your lives. So I don't take it lightly. And I ask God to always give me what is needed. I'm, I'm honored to be in this pulpit today. I've not been in it for a while. And it's been a blessing to be here and to be able to share and to be able to share the heart of God, the heart of the Lord for us and what he has for us. So... I'm going to be closing. Before taking Jericho, well, the Red Sea parted. It was deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. That was a threshold. The Jordan River parted. It was the threshold of moving and aligning. Listen, moving and aligning with the promise and possession of the land. You know God has given you a possession? He's given us a possession. And we need to take the possession. And we need to take the land. And we do that. We're not going to go over to the neighbor and say, this is my house. But we are going to spiritually take the land. What God has assigned to us, we should be taking. What God has assigned to us, our families, our homes, our, our jobs, our finances, things that God has given us, we need to take that. And we need to steward that. And we need to be obedient to the Lord in that. So he's given us all of that. But they couldn't take Jericho until they were circumcised. You see, when we walk in something that is not the Lord, even though we have that power inside of us, help me, Lord, to say it the right way. Even though we have that power inside of us, the things that we have allowed to control us or be in there will hinder that power. How will it? Because it'll be shameful. 
it'll be dishonorable. It'll be something that we're hiding. It's something that comes between us and the Lord. It's something that's between us and someone else. And God says that needs to get out of the way. That's a circumcision of our heart, our emotions, our thinking. Some of us, you know, we hold on to regret and guilt from the past and can't let it go. We have to get free of that in order to have power in this coming threshold that we're crossing. Crossing the threshold, coming out of darkness and bondage, the world, and moving into position, position cross threshold to enter a new journey. And the generational circumcision and cutting away needs to happen. Beloved, we have to pursue him and his presence. Laying aside the self, the flesh, the sin, and we have to walk in humility. We're called to prepare the way of the Lord. The Old Testament brought in the New Testament. And as we've heard from Pastor Frank many times, John ushered in the king, uh, John ushered in, the kingdom came with Jesus. Those were all thresholds. Jesus tells us in Matthew 10, I'm going to close with this. Preaching the kingdom should teach the ideas of the kingdom. How the Old Testament laid the foundation for the coming king. How the New Testament proclaimed and fulfilled the kingdom of Christ. And how the church presently lives as a sign of God's, effect, God's effective and actual role on this earth. We are a sign. We are a sign to the world. Matthew 10 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And Matthew 10 also, can you bring up Matthew 10? I'm paraphrasing, but Matthew 10, heal the sick. I know it's heal the sick, raise the dead. It's okay, Tyler, it's okay. I'm going to seal this, and I want to say before... Boy, there's a stillness in the house. Did you notice that? There's a stillness in the house. We're going to move through a couple things here to move it and have, ha it's a part of worship. We're going to move that, but that stillness, stay in that stillness because there's going to be prayer at this altar, and I believe with all of my heart from my time with the Lord yesterday and the revelation he gave me that God is going to set free and heal. There is such a stillness in the house. Do you sense it, Pastor Frank? It's just resting. It's a resting on the house right now. We're going to... I want you to stay in that stillness and I'm trusting the Lord for that. And we're going to move with... The offering, it's an, it's an act of worship, and we're worshiping. We worshiped, we're going to continue to worship, and then we're going to move into an altar time. We can do that. We can do it this way. Go ahead, Pastor.